All right, got the items here on Zoom. Good. All right. All right. Today's daf is daf nun zayin. Page fifty-seven. The Hilgah Masechta's Nazar. We begin the eighth parak, the second to last parak of the Hilgah Masechta. It's a fascinating daf. Beautiful daf as always. Let's rock and roll. Let's get learning. All right. Shnei nazirim shomar lehem echad. Listen to this, Chavri. You have two nazirim walking down a road. We'll call them Yankel and Beryl. Yankel and Beryl are walking down the road. Ruvain looks at Yankel and Beryl, and he says, "I know for sure." That one of you are Tomei. I know Vadai, that one of you are Tomei. But I just don't know which one of you are Tomei. So Zogt, the Mishnah. The, the Rush, by the way, says that if they say, no, we're not, they're not Tomei. Okay. But over here, they're also Shema. They're like, I don't know. I don't, but what do I know? Okay? And he's like, so they're Shema, they're maybe. They're like, well, we don't know nothing. And he says... I know for sure that one of you are Tommy. The halacha is Megalchim. Umevian carbon tum carbon tara. Both Nazirim are going to enter Tumma protocol, as we said, Mitzat Safek, and they're going to bring a carbon Tumma and a carbon Tara, because we don't know. So both of them are going to bring a Tame and bring a Tahar. And this is the. But I don't want to call it the game, but this is the mahalach. This is the path that they should take to cover themselves. They should say, "Emani who tamei yankul should say, if I'm the one that became tamei carbon tamei shall leave a carbon tar shacha. The animal that's for the tamei nazir is for me, and the animal for the tahar nazir is for you. Emani who tahar, and if I'm the one who is tahar carbon tar shall leave a carbon tamei shacha. Beside from shloshim yon, then both of them count thirty more days because of the logic that we learned on yesterday's tav. Umevian carbon tara. And they only bring a carbon tar because there's no there's no downside. I bring a carbon tar. And they should say, Imani wa tome. Carbon tomal shall leave a carbon tar shakha. If I'm the tome one, so now this is gonna be my tar one, right? Because I already brought the tome. And this is my tar carbon. If I originally was the tar guy, carbon tara shall leave a carbon toma shakha. So then the first carbonist that we brought. You, the, the Tara carbon was for you and the Tomo one was for me. And the carbonus that we're bringing out 30 days later, I'll be the Tahar one, I'll be the Tomei one, Bezek carbon Taharascha. And this carbon is going to be for your Nazirus of Tara. Okay? So, the mission is letting us know. We have Suffolk Daraisa. We have a biblical Suffolk over here. So we're going to be Machmir and we're going to make sure that we cover all of our bases. Now, the original case is, at the beginning of the Mishnah, we're dealing with two Nazirim that were on a road. Okay, two Nazirim. Well, not necessarily on a road, but you have, you have two Nazirim that are together, that we know. There are two Nazirim that are together. And somebody says, I know that one of you are Tame. Now we need to describe exactly what's this case where you know one's Tar, one's Tame, how they become uh, Tame. What are the circumstances surrounding our Mishnah? So here we go. Zokt, the Gemara, the Gemara explains. Katani, we learned. Shnei Nazirim, you have two Nazirim. Sha'omar Lahem, it was said to them, to Yankul and Beryl, Ra'isi Yachamikam, I saw in one of you, Shenitma, that you became Tame, the Eni Yodeya, but I do not know Ezemikam. Set, that's the case of our Mishnah. Frak the Gemara, the Gemara asks, Va'amai, why do we say that both of them are Tomei? 
Suffolk, why do we say they need to enter the Suffolk protocol? Call Suffolk to be Says, let me ask a question. Over here, each one individually is a doubt. Now, let's pause for a moment and let's talk laws of Tumah. Here we go. In general, if you have a doubt whether you became Tumah, what determines whether you need to be concerned? The answer is geographics. It depends where you were at the time that the suffix started. If you're in a public domain, you're Tahar. If you're in a Rishus Hayachid, a private domain, and the doubt of Tumah started, you are Tameh. We're going to be strict, and we're going to be Tameh. Now, what's the source for that? It's strange. It depends where you are. It's unique. It's not a... Right? <laughs> You, usually you say, Bari Vishama, Safek and Vadai. Here it's like, depends where you are. So Gemara says, Va'amai. I don't understand why. Why is the Allah of the Mishnah that we're going to be strict? One second. How do we know that if somebody has a doubtful, a doubtful Tumma in a private domain, you become Tumma? Where does that stem from? You know where it stems from? The next Mesechta that we're starting, Bez Hashem, next week. Fascinating Mesechta. Mesecha Saita. We learn it out from the situation of a saita. Ma saita by by a saita. You have the male and the female. And we don't know what happened in that room. Af kol safek They're in a private domain. It's two people. Two people in a private domain. And we're makbid on the saita. We have a safek whether she became, whether they did an impure act. Now, it's important to keep in mind that the act itself, an act of intercourse, is not an impure act. It's impure because she's a married woman. Okay? Since it's forbidden, it's impure. So we're dealing with Tumah here. Two people, Rishus HaYachid, what does the Torah say? We gotta be Machmer. So that's the source that two people in a private domain were gonna be Machmer. I've called Suffolk Tumma. So anytime you have a Suffolk Tumma in a private domain, we're going to be strict. Going for example, I'll to give you a case. The Ikabetre, you know what that story is. When you have the male and the female in the room alone, they have in the room. But over here, what's happening? Yankel and Beryl are walking down the road. And what Ruvain say to them? I know one of you are Tumma. How many people are here? Three. Three. But over here, his name is here. Behind the Kali Gabehem. You got Yankel, Beryl, and Ruvain. Got three people. Hotelasa. So now you got three people in the room. Now let me ask you a question. If the male and the female by the site that would have had a third person in the room, is that called Yichud? No. No. Not Yichud. So we wouldn't have, uh, we're not going to be strict on her. So once you have three, now it's a party. Now it's tar. You're not going to have a problem. We should consider this to be a Suffolk Tuma Bershus Harabim. I'm getting funny looks over here. What, what the Gemara is following over here, what the Gemara is saying is, uh, according to this halacha, Rishos Harabim means three people. It doesn't mean Rishos Harabim. Right. Because the, if, since the whole makar of Rishos Hayachin is learned out from two, within this halacha, three is a party. 
So now three is called Rosh Hashanah because of a tumor Rosh Hashanah and therefore we should look at Yankul and Beryl and say, granted, Ruvain knows that somebody's Tomei here, but both of you have a suffix. Now three's a party. It's considered a public domain. Everybody should be okay. That's the Gemara's question from the top of the Yom. Okay, that again. We're machmir on these two guys to have 60 days in Naziris and to bring all the sacrifice in the mission. The Gemara is challenging that by saying the whole source of Suffolk Toma is from two people. Now there's three people. Why are we being strict? We should let them both off the hook. Say you're two Nazirim, you never became Tommy. I'm a Rabbi Barbachana. So Rabbi Barbachana says, Ba'imer, I'll tell you the case of our mission. Ruvain said, Ra'isi Tuma, Shanizrika Beinechem. I saw there was something, Tomei, that was thrown between the two of you. Okay. Now, the Rush explains, so what? So what's happening here is like this. Ruvain is saying, I wasn't with you, next to you, at the time of Toma. You guys were walking down the road in the distance, and I just saw, I saw Toma. But I wasn't within your Rishos. I was like in my own Rishos. I'm like in my own domain. So your domain, we'll call it, your place, your Dalit Amas, when the Tumah showed up, was just the two of you. Like a Saita, with, a, with, a, with Tumah happening over there. Amar Ravashi, and Ravashi says, Dekanami, you could imply that this is actually the case of the Mishnah, Diktani, because Ruvain said, I don't know which one the Tumah thing hit. I, I saw it go, but you know, by the two of you, it touched one of you. I don't know which one of you it touched. So Shmamino, you learn from here that he wasn't mamish right there. He wasn't literally right there. If he was literally right there, so then we could then we'd have a question. Three's a party. Why are you being strict? So where we're holding at this stage of the Gemara, and we're at the two dots. The Gemara is explaining the case of our Mishnah. In order to be strict on these two Nazirim walking down the road, Yankel and Beryl, it has to be where Reuven was not there. He was not within their Dalramas. He was not within their Makom. Hence, we're actually dealing with a suffake Toma versus Hayachid. The Toma happened with only two people, and that's why we are strict. If Reuven would be there, we wouldn't be strict. Okay? Very good. Two dots. Second line, Nunzai number is 57b. The Mishnah said, Megalchen Umevian. Yankel and Beryl, what are they going to do? They're going to shave their heads and they're going to bring their Karbanas. Vamai. How could they shave their heads? Doma lav temeim inum v'ko'avid hakafa. Maybe their taka, whichever one is tahar, is is um, going to transgress hakafa. Now, what the Gemara is bringing up is gishmaka thing, very gishmaka thing. This is a, a very important uh, foundational idea that comes up in our personal lives, in my personal life, for sure. Constantly. And that is, life throws situations our way where you're forced to take some sort of action and you're either going to be right or wrong, but you can't do nothing. Can't do nothing. Okay? Classic example is going to be for uh, well, shidduch information. Somebody calls up they want to know about a fellow for Shaduchim. You know this guy has wonderful, generous, excellent, 
has a terrible temper. Those guys a terrible temper. To a point where it could very possibly impact the marriage. And ask a Shaila about what to say, how to say it. And they ask you directly, what's his temperament? Let me tell you something. If you lie, what just happened? You're putting somebody else's life at stake. You're allowing something to go. You, 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 can't, you can't not tell the negative information. On the other hand, if you say the negative information, so now you're uh, in the good chance the shit is over. You're forced to do something. You can't be like ah, hemming and hawing. Hemming and hawing. Now, there are times where the Chafetz Chaim writes in Hochesh Mir when it comes to Shidduchim, when something is subjective as opposed to objective, you're allowed to say, I don't know, even if you do know. You're allowed to say, I don't know. But again, learn the halachas, there's different parameters around that. When there's an objective relationship trait that's in the way, you're going to be chuyiv to say something. Okay? What's happening over here is as follows. We have one of these situations where this guy, by shaving his head, Yankul and Beryl, by shaving their heads, they're either doing a mitzvah or they're doing a biblical transgression. It's one or the other. Because when you shave your whole head at the end of the Nazirus, it's a mitzvah. If you shave your whole head and you're not the end of the Nazirus, it's an Averi. Now let it cut off your pace. And over here, we're shaving the whole head. So the Mishnah is saying, Megalchen, they're going to go ahead. One of them might be totally fine. No chiyuv to shave. And they're going to go shave. Says, well, I don't understand. But my domolav tomeyaminun. Maybe they're talking not tomei bekov and akofa. Whoever's not tummy over here is going to end up shaving off his payas. You're not allowed to do that. Listen to this. Have her listen closely. Omar Shmuel be'ishav A woman and a male under bar mitzvah are allowed to shave their heads. Now you want to know why? Why? Why that? It's a fascinating question. We know women are allowed to shave their heads. It's halacha. It certainly could. Okay, a lot of circles. Married women do shave their heads. Says the Gemara, why don't, uh, I'm waiting to explain the woman's situation until the, the Gemara gives the source. So let's just take it as a premise right now. Says the Gemara, why don't we even give a case? We were dealing with Nazirim that are Gedalim. And maybe we're following the opinion that we learned previously in the Masechta that it's only forbidden to chop off your payas if you have other hair on your head. But if you're taking all the hair off your head, then you're allowed to cut off your pace. We had that opinion. So the Gemara asked, maybe that's the Tana of the Mishnah. The Tana of our Mishnah, who holds that you're got, they're both going to shave, holds there's no risk of a biblical transgression because you're shaving your entire head. And he holds that's not a problem. And since Shmuel says that we're dealing with a woman and a cotton, and he doesn't say the case is, we're following a specific opinion. From Shmuel, it must be that he holds that that would be an issue, and Mamela, it has to be a uh, it has to be a woman and a child. Okay. Um, says the Gemara Viter. Says the Gemara Viter. Is anybody here too bothered to go forward about why a woman could shave, or, or we're fine? We're fine. We could we could we could wait till uh, middle of Amud. Let's wait. Let's wait. All right. <laughs> Let's keep going. Zakti Gamara Marzucha Masilash Maizh Mullah Seifa Marzucha learned Shmuel's statement of Bishava Kutton. Going on the Seifa of the Mishnah, which is coming up. We didn't even learn the Seifa yet, it's coming up in a couple blocks. 
Nazir Shaytan Bisafik Umukhla Bisafik. You have a Nazir, he has a Safik Tame, Safik, whether he's a Vadai, a certain Mitzayrah. He could eat Kachim after 60 days. And he ends up shaving his head four times. Remember, we quoted this Mishnah prior. But says the Gemara, I don't understand. We could ask the same question. You're doing Akafa and you're doing it me Safik. He holds that mission as well. Coming up, Bez Hashem is also dealing with a woman and a child. Amar Ravuna. Now Ravuna is going to explain why a woman and child are permitted to shave their heads and uh, cutting off their pace is not an issue. Ravuna says, if a person, an adult Jewish male, cuts off the hair of a katan, the barber... What's what's a fancier word for barber? Conceptual artist, hairstylist, hairstylist, conceptual artist, hairstylist. The hairstylist or the lack of hairstylist uh, who who cut everything off is going to be chayav for cutting off the hair of a cut. Amalei Ravada Baravel Ravuna, Vididon Man Megalach Lahain. Who cuts off your kids' head? Who gives your kid haircuts? Okay, now. The Mepharshim here explain that it was the very normal in those times for kids to have completely shaved heads. Including their payas. Including their payas. The explanation for this is it had to do with hygiene. It had to do with hygiene. You can expect there was a lot, lot of lice uh, sometimes in those years, and they would they would completely just for the, the the children's hygiene as katanim, it was very common to keep the children's heads shaved. So he says, "Oh, it's forbidden to shave the hair of a child. Who gives your kids haircuts? You just said a Jewish adult can't do it to a kid." Amar Ravuna, Amar Lei, Ravuna said, "Chayva." So what's Chayva? His wife. That's his wife's name. He had a wife named Chov. She says, my wife, my wife gives them haircuts. She says, Does she want to bring her kids to the kever? Meaning, it's forbidden for her to cut their hair too. The same way you don't do it, because you know as a Jewish adult, you're not allowed to cut off somebody else's payas. It's forbidden for your wife as well. Wow. Says the Gemara. As long as Rav Ada Barava was alive, Rav Huna's kids passed away. Because this is part of the... Uh, he said it. He said it. The words that come out of a tzaddik's mouth. He said it. Which is awesome. Right? The words have an incredible power. Words create things. You need to be very, very careful. You know, not only not to say negative things, but when we give a bracha or we bless something, it brings life to it. It brings life, brings life to it. You give a bracha that a person should have hatzlacha, should be matzliach, things should go well. You're creating things going well. Mom is creating it. The same way if somebody speaks negatively, you say, hope you end up in a wheelchair. That's for sure, man. Uh, say such a thing, right? Because, why not say such a thing? Words, words have an impact. So the same way negative words have an impact, positive words have an impact. 
They say about Rishlam Zaman Arbach that when he would hear that his that when uh, one of his that when he would hear of a student that purchased a new apartment in Bayit Bagan near the yeshiva, he would ask the student that the next time they're walking together on the way on the way home, if he could come see the apartment, come see the house. And he would go to the Talmidim's apartments and he would just look around ooing and eyeing. Go around looking at ooing and eyeing. And someone asked him like why he has this minute, like what does he do that for? So he says, I, I want to give the I want to give the purchase an ayin teva. He says, I, I go around and I just place a good eye on everything. I go around, you know. You look at it, you place a good eye. You, you look at the, you 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 know. You should you should have good food in the kitchen. You should have atzlach in the kitchen. Everything should go well in the in the restroom. People's plumbing should work well, not not only in the house but in their bodies, and it should be simcha in the house. And then you're going, you're creating an island. You're creating uh, you're creating a world. So. Ravad Barava, you know, he didn't intend to cause this. Was, his words had a specific power. Says the Gemara Mechti, let's see. Everybody agrees that shaving the entire head is called a hakafa. Why? Because going back to what we said before, there were opinions that if you shave the whole head, it's not a biblical transgression. So we're saying, the premise here is that it is. So, what is the Machlechs about whether a woman is allowed to shave off her kids' pace? So here we go. Now we're going to get into the sources. Going back to our original statement of Shmuel, that if you have a woman or a katan, shaving off their head is going to be fine. Misafik. So let's get into the Makaris. Fascinating. It's all psukim. Ravuna Sabah, Ravuna holds. It says in the Pasuk, you should not round off the corners of your head. Nor are you allowed to be mashchis. Um, Bring destruction, not let it destroy the corners of your beard. So in one Pasuk, it mentions both the beard and the head. Now let me ask you a question. Who, according to regular Teva, regular nature, grows beards? Men. Men, adult men. No. Adult men, right? Past the age of puberty, adult men. So that's the Gemara says. Kol only people who are in a situation where they could transgress cutting off the corner of their beard have the iser of rounding out the corner of their heads. Since woman doesn't have a transgression of ashkasa, so she doesn't have a transgression of shaving her whole head. Good? Based upon the argues. Remember, he said to Ravuna, even your wife can't do this. Keep in mind, keep in mind, this is interesting. The transgression of cutting the hair is on the stylist. So if I'm an adult male, since I cannot shave the corner of my head, I cannot shave somebody else's corner of their head. I can't do an action of shaving the corner. A woman is allowed to do the action of shaving the corner. It's not only a transgression if you're the one actively shaving, it's also a transgression on the one whose head is being shaved. I can't ask you as a Jewish male... I can't walk into a salon and ask them to, to shave me down on top of my head and be like, oh, I didn't do it. The stylist did it. No, it applies to both. And we compare the person giving the haircut, the one giving the baldy, to the one receiving it, which teaches me, as long as the person who's receiving the haircut is going to be chayav for 
allowing his hair to be rounded. Now, obviously, if it's against your will, it's against your will. A mistake is a mistake. It's, it's, you know, it's no chiyah. But the, uh, whenever a person who is, is um, receiving the haircut is going to be chayv, that's when the person giving the haircut is also going to be chayv. A high cotton and by a case of a male minor, since he himself has a call him an eight-year-old, a ten-year-old, he's not going to be obligated on since the kid is not chayev so you are allowed to give that kid a haircut because the only time you're going to be chayev is if the one receiving the haircut is chayev if the kid is mutter to receive that haircut he's permitted to receive the haircut he needs it for his hygiene and he's not included in the transgression he's not yet bar mitzvah so the one giving the haircut is also not going to be mechayev makif nami le mechayev over here? Huh? There's no chinuch. Okay, that's the So you could say, makum tzairich, makum tzairich, you know, you want to shave the head and for, you know, or, or over here, you have a sofik, right? You have, you have an, uh, a cotton walking down, uh, you know, coming from a rishus hayachid, as far as, as Tum was concerned, now is it? He's got a sofik daraisa, the sofik daraisa overrides chinuch. Right. Says the Gemara, lema kafas kol tanoi. Let's say, perhaps, that the whole halacha of whether or not, or, or when, or we'll call it not when, the halacha of when you're obligated for rounding out your head and shaving the hair is a machloikas tanoya. Ditanu rabbanon, because the rabbis learn so should we? It says he's not allowed to round out. Um, I'm sorry. Raishai matamud laimar. This is referring to a Mitzayr. On the seventh day, he shaves down his entire body. It says, Yigaleach as kol sa'aray. All the hair. And then what does the Pasuk single out? It says his head, his beard, and everything else. A, but you ready, sir? Right. Right? But then it goes back to a cloud. Because yeah. it, says, it says you shave all your head. Then it gives specific examples. Then it says, Ves kol sa'aray. It goes back to the cloud. So, Raishai, why do you got to mention that a Mitzayra shaves his head? You told me he shaves his whole body already. What do you got to mention the head for? Since it says in the Torah, you're not allowed to round out and give yourself a, a bald haircut. And Mela, the Torah is letting me know that even on your head, where the Torah says you're usually not allowed to shave, for a Mitzayra, you have a Mitzvah. You shave your entire body and even your hair, which usually is a biblical transgression. Yachol, I might think, top of tomorrow's daf, af mitzayra came, that a mitzayra also is forbidden to shave his head. So, okay, that's one opinion. The Tanya Idach, and there's another b'risa, which says, Raisha ima why say Raisha? His head. It says by a Nazir, he's not allowed to take a haircut using a razor. Yachol, af Nazir mitzayra came. So I would think that if you're a Nazir who's a mitzayra, he's also not allowed to shave as a Mitzayr because the laws of Nazar override. Therefore the Torah lets me know that even if the Mitzayr is a Nazir, we're obligated to shave his head. So we have here a Machlaikas, how to darshan the word Raishai. Either Raishai is teaching me that uh, I would think in general a Mitzayr doesn't shave his head. He only shaves the rest of his body but not his hair. So it says the hair of his head. No, it says Raishai, even the hair of his head. That's opinion number one. Opinion number two of why it says Raishai is to let me know 
that even if he's a Nazir who has the additional transgression, not only is he not let to shave your head and you know uh, round out your payas in general, now he's even a Nazir, so you have double issue. But since you're a Mitzayra who's obligated to shave your body, that's still going to override the two issues of shaving your payas and being a Nazir, and we will get a, uh, he will receive a haircut. Now, we have two different approaches in how to darshan the word Raishai. We're going to hold it here. Be'ezus Hashem, tomorrow we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll restart from this Lema HaKafas Kol Reish Tanai, but we're going to get into how this Machlaikas could possibly be a Machlaikas of the over, uh, you know, the overarching idea of um, the parameters around the prohibition of a regular person shaving their head. Okay, we'll hold it here. Be'ezus tomorrow we'll pick up again from the bottom of Nun Zayin Amud Bez. From Lema Kafas Kolarash Tanoihi. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.